And I looked up information and the logo, I I don't know why I always thought it was an octopus. It's not. <laughs> I looked it or up. The Hydra? It, yeah. <laughs> it's a Hydra. Yeah, I know, but I didn't know what that was. I know now. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, pretty much everywhere. Um, and Brittany is not here today. She um, had to work. And usually I would reschedule um, if there was just going to be me and the guest. But today we have two guests because it's a mid-season. And so we thought, that's okay. Let her work. So yeah, Brittany's not here today. It is just me. But we do have two guests, the first of which is Maria again. Yay! Hi, hello. Hey, listen, you've been here a bunch. But who, who are you, just in case I don't know? So I'm Maria. I'm 23. I'm, in, uh, I'm from Puerto Rico. And... Um... I'm a Ravenclaw, I think I've said that before. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Juliet's Burke. That's Juliet S. Burke. And on Dharma Stark on Instagram. Yay! Okay, and then t- we also have Cookie. Yay! Hi, I'm Cookie. And uh, I'm from Argentina. I'm 20 years old. And I'm a Lost fan since I'm 7 years old. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you you can find me on Twitter as, at Sansquan, which is San S. Quan. <laughs> and on Instagram as Lost uh, Fan Eight One Five and oh beautiful yeah we have matching usernames we do Twitter <laughs> that's so cute so is is Sun your favorite character or who are, who are your favorite characters yeah Sun is my favorite character and and I also love Sawyer uh, they are my two favorite characters of all times. I've been a son and James fan since I'm very young, and I used to really connect with Sun and Kate too. I love them, the three of them. So you said that you have been a Lost fan since you were seven years old. So how did you find Lost uh, at seven years old? Well, so my grandmother was watching it on TV, and then she recommended it to my parents and my aunts and uncles. And then I was watching one night at my parents' bedroom, and they were watching Exodus, and I was like, Oh, I want to watch that too. And I continue watching it with them and with my extended family. We would gather around and watch all the episodes when they aired. And it was like an amazing experience. That is so lovely. I love that. Yeah. My grandma, she used to be a really great Lost fan. And my uncle, he would read these theories on the internet. So the night before we watched the episode, he would tell us everything he read online before. <laughs> and they, they were mostly theories, but sometimes uh, we were scared he was telling the truth. <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. I love that so much. Okay, so today is our mid-season, season three podcast. Um, so today we have words to say about the first half of season three of Lost. This is going to be our final mid-season roundtable. We're still going to do roundtables for the ends of each of the seasons, but since this is the last of the, like, long seasons, like, imagine if we did season four and then we just did seven episodes and then, okay, guess we'll talk about the first half of season four. <laughs> so uh, this is going to be the last uh, mid-season roundtable, but um, we're going to keep doing these end-of-season ones. So congratulations. You guys should feel very fancy. Thank you. Thank you. So we kind of brainstormed together a bunch of topics that we wanted to talk about today, and we are still going to be having a spoiler section so stay tuned for that if you're allowed 
<laughs> the first thing that we're going to talk about is the first thing that we see in season three, which is the introduction of Juliet. First of all, I think that the introduction of Desmond at the beginning of season two and the introduction of Juliet at the beginning of season three are like two of the best season openers of all of television. Mm-hmm. Agree. I, it, like it's so iconic. It's got like that old school song with it. And it's like a brand new character who's going to be really important to the story in the future. And it's just awesome. I wish they had continued to do this. Yeah, me too. But I guess uh, they could only the cap- capture the magic couple times and it's really cool how they uh the scenes you know they, they parallel each other because it's both both of them waking up preparing for their day and then right. this like big plot twist of who they are right and they, they both make food as well yeah <laughs> yeah and they listen to the music and they both press play to music at the same time so mm-hmm. it's really cool but in a different way too because i think desmond has the record player and juliet just puts it does she put in a cassette or a cd i, I think it's a, it's a cd yeah. yeah another thing that i really loved about it was that like i realized because we just recorded about enter seven seven and saeed's only just being like oh we can finally go to the barracks and it's like Oh, I wonder where that is. Like we straight up haven't even been to the barracks yet halfway through the season and and we began the season in the barracks. Yeah, that's true. I, I like that. It's it's really hard for me to pick like which one of those two is my favorite. I think most people lean towards Desmond's. Mm-hmm. And I I think like from the sequence of events, like them, like I said, waking up and all of that, I think I like Desmond's better. Mm-hmm. But the reveal, you know, the like Desmond being in the hatch versus the uh, like the village, them showing uh, the, the Dharma, uh, Dharmaville in, on the island. Mm-hmm. I think I like that plot plot twist better. I love that they both end with a plot twist too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. What I like about the season three opening is that you have like these people being civilized on a book club and baking muffins and then they go outside and you see the plane. So that's the good plot twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I uh and it's fun because it they both start and you're like, oh, you think that they're off island and then the big yes. reveal is that they're on island. But what I like about and I'm not and I'm not picking a favorite here, but what I like about the season three one over the season two one is that you know season one with us being like what's in the hatch who's in the hatch what's going on in the hatch that you can kind of guess halfway through oh is this in the hatch but at the beginning of season three you're like i have no idea where this is going yeah that's true yeah 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 because you don't know the others yet you think they live on those villages on those uh, like what michael sees and then you see a yeah. house, yeah. so you don't expect them to be others. Yeah, exactly. I remember reading some girl was watching, and at first she thought it was Sarah's, uh, like Jack's wife. <laughs> oh, sure, right. <laughs> and she was like commenting on a thread while she was watching, and she said, "Oh, I think this is Sarah." And then no, it was Juliet. <laughs> Which is interesting because that's like a big thing, right? Juliet like resembling Sarah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. And like that's like the whole reason why Ben even sent Juliet in in the first place. Right, right, exactly. What can we kind of like learn from Juliet from that introduction without even really knowing her? I think that she doesn't she doesn't like being there. She doesn't feel, she doesn't look, well, it, it starts with her crying, first of all. Yeah. So there's something going on. This happy song, too. Yeah. And then she's just not having a good, I mean, I thought at first, I remember when I first watched, I thought she's just not having a good day, right? But then the way that she talks to that guy in the book club. Yeah. 
like she gets so pissed when she when he's like oh this is not something ben would like or whatever it's like she doesn't fit with these people yeah right and you're like is she just an irritable person (laughs) right (laughs) yeah like they don't give you a whole picture about her you just see her like failing at her morning routine routine crying uh, burning her muffins having a bad day at book club so it's not like what you usually see about you juliet this happy person yeah but i think it makes sense eventually seeing it on like hindsight um we eventually know that she's not uh she doesn't feel like part of the others like she never uh, really was one of them and i think when you watch that scene you can uh you can sense that yeah is there anything else you guys wanted to mention about i think we're going to talk a lot more about juliet in the spoilers section so is there anything else you guys wanted to mention before we move on I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Lots to talk about in the spoiler section, though. However, something that we don't need to talk about in the spoiler section is um, how Echo's story ended. Echo's story is over. And so we can talk whatever we want about Echo. Do you guys have thoughts about Echo? Well, personally, he's not my favorite character, but I don't hate him. <laughs> I I have mixed feelings because I think he had like a really important storyline which I liked but his ending was like so all of a sudden that I couldn't like get in like in connect with him. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a shame that his story ended like that. I you know, I think they had bigger plans for him, right? It wasn't never um for sure. They they weren't planning to kill him off. I think it was the actor that wanted to leave. Yeah. Yeah, he want to leave in Hawaii so they just killed him off yeah <laughs> so I don't know I, I have always thought about what could have been I think I heard I don't know how true this is that his story eventually they kind of divided it between Desmond and Locke and that's how like his oh. story but, I, but it, I would like to know you know what I, I tried looking it up and I could never find a solid answer on what that big plan was for Echo that's so interesting though I wonder <laughs> what pieces of Desmond's and Locke's yes story yeah. i mean i guess we can't talk a whole lot about them but, mm-hmm. okay. but i read that somewhere a few years ago and it, it always stuck with me because i just always wanted to know i was talking about this yesterday with a friend that i think it's sad how they introduced all of these tailies right in the second season and then yeah. just killed them all off except for uh bernard yeah but but i mean i think already already they're all dead except for bernard right yeah yeah, yeah. mm-hmm other than Cindy, we did see Cindy well, right. in Strange, Strange, yeah. which we'll talk about later. <laughs> but then I love Bernard, but he is he is the least interesting one out of all of them. So it's like they, you know, they get rid of Anna, they get rid of Echo, they didn't give Libby a backstory. Um, so it, it's it's it is a shame. I would have liked to see more. Did you guys did you guys watch The Wilds? No, I didn't. Well, either way, we put out a um, one of our Patreon-only podcast episodes. It would have been like the last thing that you guys saw on this feed coming out soon. Uh, and we we talked about the wilds and we had done this thing where there's like there's eight main girls on the wilds and like we tried to figure out which lost character each of the Ooh. girls kind of went with and you know we talked about like why lost fans would like it. Um, there's flashbacks, flash forwards. Um, there's just like wait really yeah yeah yes dude bro you should watch it it's very good <laughs> maybe I should watch it yes. you should I think you would like it okay but either way I was just thinking like with the tailies and everything we were talking about which of the girls counted as like was which lost character and I like wasn't prepared at all and then I think it was Brittany I guess you know if you re-listen to it you'll find out but I think it was Brittany who said like Rachel who I mean, I don't think that means anything. 
doesn't mean anything to you right now. But Rachel is such an Anna Lucia. And I was like, oh my God, it's totally right. And like they have all of these characters, but like each of them kind of encapsulates like different characters, like where Lost has um, like a, such a huge ensemble. They have a smaller ensemble, but the characters kind of embody multiple characters on Lost, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's kind of like there's a still a similar dynamic. I, I, I feel oh, like a resemblance between Martha, who's always taking care of the animals, and Claire. Yeah, they are both really sweet. Right. Oh my gosh, we didn't even bring up Claire. She's exactly she's Claire and Hurley. Yeah, she has like this yeah for sure great spirit and everything, and she's mm -hmm. always taking care of everyone. So yeah, I can see the resemblance. Yeah, and we also we mentioned that Fatten is fully just Sawyer and Shannon put together. <laughs> Oh my god, Sawyer and Shannon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's really good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't want to spoil that whole uh, that whole podcast, but it, it will be out on our... Uh, by the time this goes out, it will be up on, on this feed previously. So go and, go and check that out if you want to. Like I said, we did talk for the first, like, five minutes about why Lost fans would enjoy it. So... If you guys are on the fence, go and check that out. So what was I? Oh, I, I started talking about Anna Lucia when we were trying to talk about Echo. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely agree. I, I went into the podcast episode about Echo, the cost of living, I believe, being like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to complain the whole time. But then our guest, Erin, for that episode, she completely put it in, in like the most incredible perspective. And she was like, actually, they did a pretty good job. And like, there was so many, like so much symbolism and meaning that she found in it. So if, if you guys, the listeners are struggling with Echo's death, I recommend checking out our episode for the cost of living because Aaron just completely changed everything for me. I'm actually like, ultimately, I agree. I think that, you know, I cannot believe that Adewale would be like, I'd like to leave Hawaii, please. But um, and and for a while, I was kind of like resentful of that, too, until I until I read that, like, it was because of like a tragedy in his family that he decided to leave. Wasn't it his mom? Wasn't his mom's yeah. sick? Something like that. Yeah, something terrible happened in his family. And then I was like, I think it was both things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because he because even um, I think we talked about this with Joe Garfine at some point, but we had said that like they had asked Adewale to come back for the finale and he had like refused or something like that. Yeah, because we see everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I, I read that uh, he had a problems with his payment, but I don't know how much about yeah. that is true. Like, oh, that's right. He wanted yeah. a, a raise. Like he want, yeah, yeah. He wanted like Ev Evangeline's salary for his own character. So the writers were like, no, we cannot afford that. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That's true. Yeah. I guess now he's in like Suicide Squad and stuff. So <laughs> I hope he's making that money, you know? <laughs> it's just too bad that like this is ultimately the actual end of Echo's story. Because um, even when other characters die, like for example, Boone in season one, we see him multiple times throughout yeah. the season. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's not like his story is ever actually like really over. But Adewale we, and Echo, we never see again. So this is yeah. actually the actual end of Echo's story. And, you know, they had plans for him spanning seasons. And so it's it's too bad that we we didn't get those because I think that, you know, I agree. He also wasn't one of my like favorite characters of all time, but he certainly was interesting and a really cool foil to Locke, like a, di a really cool yes. way to look at Man of Faith. That's different than like the main Man of Faith. I was going to I was going to mention that. I think. Yeah. 
Um, we talk about a lot about Locke and Jack's relationship, but Locke mm-hmm. and Echo, they're so, because they're both men, men of faith, but they're so different. They're men of faith for different reasons. And it was such a fascinating uh, connection that they had. And, you know, it ended right there. I love that moment in season two when they finally meet in the hatch and, Lo- and Locke's literally just like, hey, and Echo's like, hi. <laughs> like, you guys have no idea. <laughs> because because Locke is the one who's like we are not pushing this button anymore and he like destroys the hatch mm-hmm. basically and 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 Echo's the yeah. one who like is trying to save him like they're at at ultimate like huge odds at the end of season two and so it's like oh man there's so much more that could have been done I agree yeah yeah for sure I also like how he was a part of Charlie's redemption and yeah he helped on his arc mm-hmm. with helping him with it, all the problems with it god and everything so that was a really good thing about echo too whatever happened to that church they were building i i think in the enter 77 lost pedia page i think well it was either enter 77 or treasure tanaka is dead i remember it was recent though that there was a deleted scene that was like about charlie saying that he was like it was about charlie saying something about the church oh but it's a deleted scene so like it's not ever really said thing about okay. it. Okay. Yeah, you can see it on some scenes on the background. I think it's on the season four finale that you can see it. Oh, really? I'm gonna watch for that. Yeah. Oh. It's like... Did the wood thing? Like, <laughs> but is it like unfinished? Unfinished, yes. Yeah, because Locke uses it... Oh! Well, he doesn't use it as his, like, sweat lodge, but he uses it, like, around his sweat lodge. I don't... I don't remember. <laughs> but I kind of like that. I mean, I didn't have that written down, but I would love to talk a little bit about Charlie because season two was an absolute mess for Charlie. Don't get me started, Robin. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting how there is like such a sudden flip because in season three, he's just like automatically like so much better again. And it's crazy because like, I don't even think of it as like sudden really, but it kind of was. It is. They do it really masterfully so that I don't even notice. We, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to look back and pay attention, but I don't know exactly what was it. Maybe it was Echo, or maybe it was the mm-hmm. um, the season two finale when the hatch blew up. But I don't know what it was that changed Charlie like that. Maybe the the Desmond realization he was dying. Oh, the Desmond thing! Right, right, right. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, for sure, that too. that may have changed him. Like, you're going to die, so he changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, listen. Yeah. He's like, well, I better make it good. Right, exactly. <laughs> and the next topic that I had written down was about the Hydra and Hydra Island. I think it's so cool that we spend like the first half on or the half, first half of the season, like straight up just on Hydra Island. And then like we don't hang out there very much for the rest of the series. That's yeah. Do we do we ever? Well, yeah, they do go back. But um, yeah, like the on season five, season, like what season six? Is it? I don't know. I think so. Yeah, but um, on season three, like you have episodes that are only centered on the Hydra Island. Like, like they yes. don't even include the main island. Yeah, the first two, the first two. You, I mean, you, they don't go back to the main island t- till three hundred three, I think. Yeah, no, they don't. You're right. Mm-hmm. And but the cool thing is that we don't know that it's a different island when we're watching right. for the first time. We think until three hundred four. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. that Ben shows the island to Sawyer and he's like mm-hmm. another island like Alcatraz and it's it it's really shocking yeah it is it's mm-hmm. a really good uh reveal because it's like well 
how did I not see this other island? Like, I guess they just like assumed it was the same island, or is it on the back half and they like don't get they don't see that back half or something? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we also spend so much time in like with the Hydra Dharma station, and like there are other Dharma stations that I'd be like, um, can we spend as much time there as we did on Hydra? Yeah, there there's so many there's so many stations that we don't really see much of. of and but this one's really cool. I like I I I think they used the Hydra the most probably because yeah. of all the like experiments and all the animals. Other than the Swan, probably, but yeah, that's, yeah, like duh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I still have so many questions about the arrow. Are we ever going to get back to that? I know. <laughs> what even, what was the arrow? Like, I know what it was, but what did it do? Uh, I think it was. Was it like a communication thing? No, because that's the flame. I'm like. Oh, right, right. I'm like, isn't it? The arrow. Like, it looks like it's just storage. Right. The arrow was the one for where the tailies were staying, right? Yeah, yeah. Here, hold on. I'm looking on Lost There yeah. wasn't much in there. It was very tiny. <laughs> Maybe it was like a place to hide from the hostiles when they were on the Dharma Initiative. Maybe. Where they slept. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, the arrow is Dharma Initiative Station number two, whose primary purpose was the development of defensive strategies against the hostiles. Well, then oh. why is it just an empty-ass room? Well, did they, like, practice? Like, fight Maybe. Maybe the hostiles like took everything away. <laughs> <laughs> the station was an underground bunker or complex constructed into a hillside located somewhere east or northeast of the barracks, an hour or two from the coastline. The arrow was discovered by the tail section survivors 27 days after flight A15's crash. It was about a three days trek from the tail crash site to the arrow. By the time the survivors discovered the station, it appeared to have been converted into a storage facility with any pre-existing hostile studying tools gone or disassembled. So how do we know that it's, uh... What it is? So how do we know that it was a defensive Mm -hmm. strategy? Maybe on one of the videos, (laughs) like when they present the stations. Maybe, like the the orientation video. There has to be one, right? I think... Ooh. Oh, it looks like they answer some of this these questions in season five. I think isn't uh, in season five. I'm not not to say much, but I think there is an orientation video about the flame or about the arrow. Oh wait, is it flame or arrow? One of the two. It's a because I remember flame is the one that Mikhail lives. Yeah, yeah, no, no, because I I remember doing something for Cookies Dynamic on, <laughs> on Twitter, and I, we had to. It, it was something about it's the opening of season five. I just don't remember which orientation video. Like for watch. For which uh, Dharma station it is. Oh, yeah, like season five yeah. starts with Pierre Chang talking about an, mm. a station, but I don't remember which one. No, but I think it's a flame. Yeah, I don't think it's the arrow. I think it's a flame. Okay. Yeah, the, it says on the Lostpedia page that there's information in Because You Left and Lafleur and Man Behind the Curtain as well. So About the arrow? Uh, about the arrow, yeah. Huh. So <laughs> I guess we'll find out in several <laughs> years. <laughs> Something about uh, to go back to the Hydra and talking about Cookies Dynamic today. Was it was that today or yesterday? I don't know. One of the games, one of the things that we had to do was a starter pack for the Hydra station. And I looked up information and the logo. I I don't know why I always thought it was an octopus. It's not. <laughs> I looked it up. The Hydra. It, yeah. It's a Hydra. Yeah, I know, but I didn't know what that was. I know now. Okay. It looks like. An Have octopus. you seen Hercules? Yes, but I didn't like. I don't remember. <laughs> All right. So I yeah, today I, I found out that it's a Greek mythology monster. But what does that have to do with like why why did they pick that? That's a good question. I I think it's because of the water that's stored. Uh, under it like when Juliet opens that door and mm-hmm. it all comes out like maybe like hydra right because it's partially underwater is it is it is it a, is it a water 
monster creature thing? I don't think <laughs> the Hydra is, but Hydra, like Hydro. Hydra is so mm-hmm. close to Hydro, which means water. Oh, maybe that could be it. Um, but it's a zoological research station, and the Hydra is the only one that's named after an animal, right? Or, no, oh, the swan. The swan. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> Well, why is it called the swan even? You know, like it feels like now, now never mind. Like the staff now, makes sense. What is that it? I don't know. Do any of the other ones even make sense? The looking glass, I guess. I don't know what yeah. the looking glass means. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, the, the lighthouse, isn't that one? The lamppost. Uh, the lamppost. Lamp lamp yeah, that's the yeah, that one, yeah. I guess. That one makes sense. That one makes sense. The orchid, is it because there are orchids there? I guess. I don't yeah, because the orchid is like a plant. Yeah, it's a plant. You know, it's a plant thing. It's a flower. Like they do, but they do, but they do plant things there. <laughs> There's the tempest too, I think. Dedicated to exotic matter research under. Oh well, this is partially spoilers, but it is a botanical research station. So the orchid definitely makes sense. Well, only half of them make sense. So I guess whatever. <laughs> the flame maybe because it blew up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Okay, I have a I have questions before we move on from Hydra Island. These are questions that I had a lot in Maria's last episode, which was not in Portland. But um, we know that they were like all the others were on Hydra Island because they were building. I don't think I can say what it is, but they were doing that construction mm-hmm. um, on the island. But why were they all there? Like even like Alex was there. Alex and Carl were there too. Like what? Yeah. What, did they all move over there? I remember that we were like talking about if uh, Carl even lived on the main island. I think yeah, we brought right. that up. Like, I don't know. Because it's not like he was helping. I mean, he was. No. He was, um, he was a prisoner. Right. Well, maybe that's why. Yeah. They were like. Because they moved in. <laughs> yeah. That's why Carl was there, I think. But right. And Alex was trying to find him. Uh, I think it's one on, on the audio things that the writers, like, they record over the episodes that they say that Jacob told them to build that thing. <laughs> oh, sure. So, like... Classic Jacob. Yeah, because we've heard of that guy now. They just obey orders. So they so they, <laughs> so they, all move to the Hydra <laughs> to do yeah. whatever Jacob asked. You know for a fact that half of those others are like, why are we listening to Jacob? <laughs> why? Who cares? I love that Danny was like, well, Jacob told us to. And I'm like, Danny, I did not peg you for a guy who believed in Jacob, to be honest. <laughs> I love uh, Jacob as a, um, we can't say too much about him, obviously, but I love Jacob as like a... Um, an allegory for God. Yeah, I like him as like a, this faceless figure yeah. that we don't know if, yeah. if he's real. And they present you more questions and mysteries about Jacob at the beginning of season three, mm-hmm. which you actually don't know the answers to at first. Yeah, exactly. Oh, some of this, so many of the questions are just like major long cons, which I love so much. It's crazy because it's kind of a cult, right? This whole Jacob thing. Yeah, it is a cult. And oh, that reminds reminds me on oh, which episode is it? When they're we- wearing like the all white, they're like a funeral. Yeah, it's stranger in a strange land. I think. I think that is yeah. stranger. Oh yeah, the end. The end of yeah. That's creepy. That always freaked me out. Like, why? Why are they doing like this ceremony? I don't know. It was strange. And then throwing the body in the water. Very weird. Hold on. I don't think it was stranger in a strange land because they they got up to go um i think it's at the beginning of strange in a strange land okay i don't but I, I, this doesn't matter Ooh, and in that scene juliet says like um i hate funerals yeah and, she does and it made, it made me think, think like i don't know which funeral she said well well yeah because oh it, yeah never mind i don't have 
do we know this about her yet? I don't know if I can say it. That she goes to a lot of funerals? Yeah, no, but I mean the reason why she says that. Right. Oh, right. No, I'm not sure if we do. Okay, never mind. It's fine. But I like the idea of them sort of like being a cult because we know that they wiped out the Dharma Initiative, like we know that mm-hmm. that like they are these hostiles yeah. that um, Mikhail was talking about, even though he is one of them. And so I think it's funny that they've kind of become this sort of cult in themselves. When like I assume they also as- they also thought the same thing of the Dharma Initiative. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of like basically doing the same thing, but with a little bit less rules. And like, what right did you have to kill all those people when? you're being just like them yeah that's yeah, a, yeah that, that's good I, I find it creepy the funeral scene but mostly because they they are like standing there and no one is like talking about the woman who died they just watch her go into the ocean <laughs> that's true <laughs> right no one says anything good luck yeah like not even danny he's just like lights her on fire and says bye-bye right because it's colleen right or do they even do the do they do the fire thing it's a fire right I, I, think, I so. think the casket think so, is on yeah. fire or something, yeah. but it's pr- creepy. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's his wife who died, right? Yeah, Yeah, Danny's wife, yeah. Katniss's mom. Is it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so we talked about Stranger to Strangeland earlier, and I know that, uh, Maria, you said you have like a whole thing about Stranger to Strangeland. I do. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Then I will sit back. I just, okay. I, I was I was trying to think really hard. I think Cookie can... Because you've seen this episode more times than I have, I think. And you've grown to like it a bit. But um, I personally cannot find anything positive to say about it. Like, I truly cannot. I think the only... Anything. The only, the only good yeah. thing about it, like, what I defended, it's like, it's not the worst one. I, I dislike other episodes more. I had dislike one episode more. <laughs> I don't even dislike that episode more personally really oh no i cannot handle the other one yeah i it's because i really like the uh i like the flashbacks in uh in fire and water and i don't care for either storyline that's fair i that's fair i think fire plus water just infuriated me more and stranger just i don't know I don't know, I, but I the only thing that I liked from Stranger in a Strange Land is not even something that happened in the episode. It's just something that came out of it, and it was the Juliet right. theme. Oceans oh, sure. Apart is the first time we 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 hear that uh, that 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 um, that song, that soundtrack. And I don't know if we would have had it without that episode. So mm-hmm. that's a positive, I guess. <laughs> but I listen to me. If you remove remove that episode completely, I don't think anything would change. Nothing major would change. Um, I, I mean, I hardly ever rewatch it and nothing ever changes. See, I think, you know, the the flashbacks are useless and they portray Jack in a very negative light. Like, very... Like, For sure. Like, this is supposed to be your hero. Yeah. And it's... I don't know. I don't know why they did that. It, it He looks very aggressive. He's very... The way he... What's the name of the, of the woman? Um, Achara. Yeah. The way he hands, uh, hands all, handles her, it's very... Uh, just very aggressive, very strange. The, the way he like the disrespects the culture, like her entire culture, yeah. it's not good. Um, and then on on the island, the story about Juliet, like the the marking thing, it's never brought up again, ever. Right, like we never see it. No, nor is it mentioned. And then that woman, Isab- Isabel, the one who replaced yeah. Ben, we never see her again either. Like she, she just, I don't yeah. know what happens to her. Yeah, she's told to be the sheriff and then we don't see her again yeah. making any decisions. Yeah. What, is, what does that even mean? She's a sheriff. <laughs> I don't know. And then I think what frustrates me is that 
the team behind this episode is is good like it's directed by um what's his name paris barclay i think it's pronounced and he's like an emmy winner director and it's written the show the episode is written by elizabeth sarnoff which we um she has she's written she wrote like 20 episodes for lost yeah she, she has she did la fleur she did the candidate the man behind the curtain like she did really good episodes for lost and then there's this and i don't know yeah like a stain on, on her record <laughs> <laughs> right right so i don't know what happened there what went wrong i i know that they were like in the middle of of fighting abc on yeah. on on the amount when they were gonna end the show like abc wanted nine seasons they carlton and damon were like we can't do that and i heard i mean i know that stranger in a strange land is the reason like after that aired and and they saw how bad the the people received it that's when they were like okay we'll, we'll give you six seasons right and there's the positive but i i yeah exactly but i i, I heard a rumor i don't know how true this is that they did stranger in a strange land bad on, on purpose, purpose? Mm-hmm. Ah! yeah <laughs> it would make sense <laughs> kind of i mean I, honestly i love that narrative that makes me feel so much better you know like that they that they i know i know that they didn't like mess up trying to be earnest you know yeah yeah no i i, I mean i don't know if i don't know if they would do that but it it does make sense to me because like they were like you know let's make a really bad episode so abc can like finally say okay they don't know what like they really have no more story to 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 say let's just give them the end date i would not put it past damon i think damon would do that <laughs> i i like that idea i yeah. it does make me feel better it's true i think this is the worst rated episode on the imdb ratings yeah i, I think it is too yeah it's uh, the worst mm-hmm. rated one and it has like 7.3, which isn't bad at all compared to other shows. <laughs> right, exactly. It's not bad. <laughs> but it's still the one of the worst ones. And yeah. it's not that I've grown to love it. It's that I've grown to not dislike it that much because I see like how they try to do something different and failed with it. <laughs> and yeah. I, I see like how they wanted to bring the others to more than just like they they were on a complete fight between each other too. The whole thing about wanting to I don't know if it was kill Juliet, but that Oh yeah, yeah, they wanted to execute her. Yeah, so it's not they were like in a fight within themselves too about the power and about uh, what was wrong and what was right between them. Yeah. Which is something good about the episode. And I also like like well the Oceans Apart, the last scene is it's really good and the the news. I do like that scene. Yeah. But the flashbacks are... It's the Jack and Juliet scene. The flashbacks are pointless. <laughs> yeah, they're really bad. The, the flashbacks are, like, abhorrent. They are so bad. They're really, really bad. And then there's, like, this, this side story with uh, Sawyer and Kate making their way back to the main island. But all they do is fight. The entire time. Exactly. It's, right. It's, I w- it's very irritating. I've rewatched it so infrequently that when I rewatched it for the podcast, I was like, I have no recollection of this Sawyer and Kate storyline at all, but I thought it was really sweet the way that like he talks to Carl to and everything. Carl. Like I love, I love yeah. the Carl stuff. Not great for Sawyer and Kate stuff, but good for Carl stuff. Yeah, very. They're very Rome. You know, he's talking about like Alex and everything, and I just love Carl and Alex. You do. I you do. <laughs> I like that. It, he's like. Carly's like we have we sat in our backyards and watched the stars and named them and Sawyer's just like you have backyards. 
<laughs> yeah so that's that's the thing that made us think um like do if they live on that island or on the main island they live on the main yeah. island right yeah they do yeah so uh, yeah so i don't know why they moved but who are carl's parents yeah where did he come from we still don't know <laughs> who's carl here with like which parents like, would let his kid go to that prison that cage because yeah. like he definitely was born on the island right because he was born after the perch there's no way that i don't know yeah where he was brought. He, i don't know why either he was either he was born on the island but that doesn't really make sense because of other reasons later oh that's true unless unless he his mom was pregnant when she came to the island mm-hmm. but or he was born off island and they brought him at a, a very baby. young age in which case why <laughs> it means his parents were there like I just need more Carl answers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this reminds me of the the theory about the, the character Amelia, the old lady that we yes. see in this season. How did she survive the purge? Right. Hmm. Like how? Like who is she? I would like to know. <laughs> yeah, was she one of the hostiles or was she in the Dharma Initiative? Well, maybe she was with the hostiles. Maybe I don't know. So yeah, if 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 you like this episode, I would like to know why. Because I maybe I no because no it's seriously like I maybe I could change my mind I don't know I would like to see something good about this episode that someone can tell me yeah no I I read somewhere that they wanted to show Jack off medical uh, things like they wanted to show Jack has sure. um, I don't know like a side that he's not only the doctor and Christian's son right that totally makes sense that they would want to do that it yeah just i get sucks that. that they that they missed that mark so much also they've been making yeah. jokes about his tattoos since the beginning like kate is mm-hmm. always asking him what do they mean what do they mean so they wanted to give that answer yeah but did, did we really need to know <laughs> <laughs> exactly i would have been okay not knowing right and also like i just can't um, i cannot believe that they were like we know that these tattoos are in Chinese. We're going to say textually that we know that these tattoos are in Chinese. But we're going to set this in Thailand. Yeah, and they don't even say what Isabel says they say. No. It's something else. They they say exactly. They say yeah. eagle attacks long sky or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. Oh my god, all because Matthew Fox has the actual tattoos. And like, that works. I think I said this on the on the episode, but like that works if like you're like me and I only speak English and I'm a, a dumb idiot. And so I look at it and I'm like, well, I could say that. But if right. I read Chinese, I'd be like, what? Right. If someone if, that is not what it says. If someone who, you know, knows the language made the tattoo, you, you it's supposed to be accurate. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Oh, something else about this episode. I read because Damon has said that it's his list. Well, he said that a homecoming was his least favorite, and then he changed his mind and said this one. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I get it. The flashbacks in Homecoming are real iffy, but like definitely not as bad as Stranger in a Strange Land. I agree. I agree. But then he said something about that. This caught my attention. He said that there was a bad casting decision made for Stranger yeah. in a Strange Land, and I wonder who he's talking about. The only two possible people who I think that he could be talking about. Is either Achara or Isabel because they're right. the only two people who are here and then they leave. Right, but I, I didn't. I didn't think they were bad. Yeah, I have no way of knowing which one. Like, I don't think they're they're bad actresses. If that's what he means, I don't know. Maybe they were problematic. Yeah, I think. I mean, the girl who played like the actresses were yeah. problematic, and they couldn't bring them back to continue the storylines because 
Oh, maybe. Sure. So maybe. Oh, okay. So maybe it was kind of like a positive thing that like it was a bad casting decision, not because they were bad, but because they couldn't keep them for longer. Yeah. Where is the? Maybe now I'm thinking. Where is that actress from? Is she from Isabel? Thailand? No, no, no. Oh no. Oh, I think Bai Ling is like a big deal, isn't she? Yeah, I think she's Hold on. Vietnamese. I'm not sure. She's actually she's Chinese. Oh. That's why. Like I mentioned that in the in the podcast too. That like. The girl who plays Atra and the guy who plays Chet are both not Thai either. That might be the 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 guessing thing that he's talking about. Right. Maybe that cost problems from Thailand or something like she's not even from here. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. There's a there's a couple times like it's just it's really confusing that they took they take so seriously when, you know, people call Sun and Jin Chinese yes. and they're like, No, 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 they're Korean. They take that very, very seriously. And yet things like this happen. That I'm like, what? What happened here? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's- it's like you actively make the statement that not all Asian countries are the same, but then you cast people, like Asian people, as different yeah, yeah. ethnicities yeah. than they are. And Whoa. so it's like, what are you saying? <laughs> Before we move on from Stranger in a Strange Land, I did want to say that like something that you had said um, earlier, it was about Carl and who like why his parents would let be like kept a prisoner in room 23 or something Mm -hmm. and i was thinking like if he had this like crazy sort of like not necessarily religious but like person who was so set on listening to jacob that like ben could probably have been like well jacob said that we need to do that and he they probably would have been fine with it you know it's like it's like parents who will send their kids to conversion therapy because they think it's what's best for them yeah it makes sense oh that's awful but yeah it comes back to the cult thing yeah, exactly. That's what I that I was thinking about that while we were talking. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to say about Stranger in a Strange Land before we move on? No, I think I've said enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I've gone too far already. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing that I wanted to mention before we go into the spoiler section is uh, talk a little bit about Desmond's powers. How how he got them, how he's using them. What, what do you guys think? Well, I think he got, him from, got them from the electromagnetic shock. He was sure. seen, yeah, that you can see it. And I don't know, it's it's always weird to me that he could, like, he could see the future, but not in specific ways. Right. Like, it doesn't happen exactly like he pictures it. You know, there's like this theory that Desmond is constantly changing destiny with yeah. his actions. Um, and I, I like that to think that because he's like, he was going to change the course of his own predictions by doing other stuff, acting like a person, actually. Yeah, I think it's cool that they, you know, they introduced this in season three, but they keep showing it in season four, season five. Um, and they it ends up being a thing where Desmond is different. Like, they, they say specifically that the rules don't apply to him. Right. And I think it has to do with that, since he got, like, those powers, right? Yeah. Uh, I think at the big early season five, um, they do something that Desmond's the only one that can... It's I don't want to say anything, but it's, like, between Desmond and, and, and Daniel. Yeah. yeah. That Desmond is, like, the only one that can communicate something. I don't know. But it's because the rules don't apply to him. He's different, because he's he has the, these um, powers. And then in season four, with the constant as well, and then... In season six, isn't that why he's like the chosen one thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's a, it's a thing that they it continues and then they develop. And I think that's really cool because it makes him special. Yeah, I agree. It's like this is just the beginning of, of his story because um, until this point, Desmond didn't really have much of a story. 
Um, he was just like the guy mm-hmm. who was in the hatch, and then we saw why he was in the hatch, and then we saw Penny, and like that's great. It's a great story, him and Penny and Charles Widmore and everything. But like his story, you know, he left for most of season two, and his story really started once he got these powers. Yeah, and it reminds me of something that uh, Henry Ian Cusick said in an in a podcast. He said something that he would have liked to have seen more of Desmond in season four, in season six. Sorry, uh-huh. like his story and. I, it just got me thinking i don't know what else he like what what more he wanted yeah exactly what because i thought i thought that desmond's uh story in season six was perfect yeah yeah exactly i was about to say i love desmond in season six i yeah i thought he was like very important I, and he said something along the lines that he wanted um more for him and i just don't know what <laughs> yeah. that could be yeah I, I think we have like his to- whole backstory. We have the story with Penny, but we also have his story finding out who he was and his mm-hmm. how he's always like my honor back and stuff like that. And but uh, with the powers, we get to see something different about him. How he was like trying to bond with the rest of the survivors. At first, he was like cold with everyone, and now he wants to bond and talk and save them <laughs> mm-hmm. right and and you know this show always has kind of like been rooted in magic but we don't really get to see as much supernatural i mean we got to see the like the smoke monster which is obviously huge supernatural and stuff but all of our people have kind of been like just normal people who have been stuck in this like weird place i mean Locke thinks that he's like the chosen one and that's you know the island is speaking to him and everything but but desmond is like the first time that we've actually seen something actually supernatural going on yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard sometimes to me to think as as lost as supernatural i mean it is mm-hmm. it like it is a theme but it, it seems like this supernatural element seem kind of normal yeah like it's not i don't know you think about other shows that are supernatural and you're like lost is not like that because they they found a way to make it seem uh it's supernatural but it's also kind of human yeah yeah but so it doesn't feel like i don't know it, it's strange but I, I like it i like the way they did it i i think that that's because Desmond, who is one of our only characters who is kind of like, has like actual supernatural ability, is not, mm-hmm. like his whole character isn't about the fact that he has these supernatural powers. He was a person before he had his supernatural powers and he's a person underneath those super pa- supernatural powers. So I think that's also part of it is because he's like an actual person and so that's why it feels so human is because he is human. It's just that he has this extra thing. Yeah, I like that. And even, even I mean, what we find out later about the smoke monster, I also feel that way. Yeah. For that character. For sure. Well, people talk about Walt's power a lot. Like, they, he had powers too. Oh, yeah. And, oh, sure, yeah. And some people say Jack had powers too, to, like, save Did people he? and fix them. <laughs> oh, like he had a because he went to medical school yeah i think the same but like there's this like everyone says that he has like a special power in saving people like on season one when he brings charlie back from the dead and they say no doctor could ever do that so he's like these powers but i don't know (laughs) that's interesting i never really considered that that was a jack thing i assumed that that was a uh, magic of the island thing that yeah. the island was like it's not yet your time and now here we are in season three in which the island is like it is now your time uh, yeah because <laughs> yeah yeah we do see magic on the island yeah. like locks 
legs yes. and roast cancer and all that. Yeah. But also off the island, like Jack fixes Sarah when everyone mm -hmm. says it's impossible. Yeah, so that's why they say he has these powers too. And yet when we see him in the hunting party, like he can't save whatever that girl's Shh. name is, his dad. Who? I was going to say Isabella. Oh, is yeah. Isabella? I can't. No, because Isabel is the, the one. The one he kisses. Yeah, the one he kisses. Oh, and then yeah. he's like, my wife, I'm so sorry I did that. And she's like, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Goodbye. I was cheating too. <laughs> yeah. And also, well, he wasn't able to save Shannon's dad. Right, no. Because, but that, because yeah. he chose But I mean, I mean, you, you can't save it. He had you can't save everyone. Yeah. And that's what Christian tries to tell him. Yay, we learn things from Christian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every time Christian says something that you agree with, you're like, ooh, yikes. Yeah, this feels so short because uh, because usually we go on for like hours and hours, but it's a mid season and so it's supposed to be shorter. So stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Um, thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Uh, our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. Um, thank you to um, Sam who is uh, sitting in her room while I record this. And thank you to Brittany, who is quietly doing her work also in that room. If you're a fan of The 100, we talk about that show too. We did seasons four to seven as it was airing. And we are going back to do the seasons that we love, starting with season three as a catharsis for whatever the heck happened at the end of that show. Uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. We have an episode for quite literally every single episode of Riverdale available. We are in the middle of season five right now, and I am always having the best time. That podcast is filled with the most jokes and the most fun, so go and check that out. Um, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we uh, did all of season one and season two for that, and we are in the middle of season three. Um, and then if you're a fan of Star Trek, we have podcasts for the first season of Star Trek Picard over on that feed. You can follow at the aficionados all over the place, especially Twitter and Tumblr, where I post gifts of our favorite line awards. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's really expensive. And like I was talking about earlier, we now have a Patreon only podcast. The first five episodes are up on our various podcast feeds. So that's first five episodes are free um, and they are all available by the time that this goes out. So um, go and check those out and maybe join us on Patreon for access to those and lots of other cool things. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And um, thank you so much to Maria and Cookie for joining us today. Yay! Thank you for inviting us. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, no problem. Um, Maria, do you want to um, mention where you can follow you again? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Juliet's Burke and on Instagram at Dharma Start. Perfect. And then Cookie, where can we follow you? Twitter at Sansquan and Instagram Lost Fun Eight One Five. If I had one, uh, wh what what should I do? Kate's Austin. Probably someone. I'm sure someone has that already. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Penny's Whitmore. I think that's one not taken. Claire's Littleton. Yeah. <laughs> the next episode that you're going to be seeing on this uh, feed is episode 312. It's Par Avion, and we are going to be having Kim on, who is at Kthrow. And you guys might remember her. We had her for our season two mid season uh, roundtable. So um, we are excited to have her again. And uh, thank you for listening. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Yay, 
okay, spoilers. Welcome to spoilers. Now we can speak freely. Um, so the first topic that we picked was uh, let's talk about Juliet. Okay. What, what 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 should we talk about Juliet? Well, I think you know there's so much to say about her that like the beginning of season three only really scratches the surface. Oh yeah, I think the second half of uh, season three is probably the best we see of Juliet. Mm-hmm. To me, season three is her best season, but um. The second half, to me, is uh, is probably the coolest arc of hers. Yeah, it's really telling. Yeah, yeah. yeah her centric episode on the second half, it's really good. Oh, One of yeah. us is, like, amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really cool, the whole thing, the whole, you know, is she good, is she bad? And then, you know, is she betraying them? Is she loyal? And I, I think that's why a lot of people... I, I think she's a character that either you like her from the beginning or you just, you know, it takes a long time for, for her to grow on you. Because of this, right. but I think they do a really good job, and 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 Liz does an amazing job with with that arc and that story. Yeah, I agree. I um, I'm really interested to hear your guys' thoughts. We start season three by her being put into a ship with Jack. Quite literally, sometimes she's put into a ship <laughs> yeah. with Jack. And yet, as the story goes on, she ends up with Sawyer. Where the heck did that transition happen? what like when she when did she stop like being interested in jack you mean no well i mean just like uh it's interesting that 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 transition happened because she like was brought in to be a person for jack and then they switched her and like i wonder why i think is they realized that um jack and kate you know they were the end game was going to be jack and kate and then they needed to figure out what to do with juliet and sawyer and then right and so they were like uh something easy I think it was a very bold choice. I think they, Elizabeth Mitchell has talked about how when they first find, found out that they were going to put Soria and, and Juliet together, both her and Josh were shocked. Like, they were like, this is not going to work. Right. Yeah. Like, in, uh, in I think, the 301 uh, commentary, she's like, uh, yeah, Sawyer's not Juliet's type. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does say that, yeah. And... Uh, so it was, you know, they were like, I don't know if this would work. And then it worked. I think they really just uh, took a leap of faith with, with that thing. And it ended up working out. Yeah, I think I think it's I like they that. wanted to show how Sawyer was growing. And Juliet, like, helped him grow around his new character, his new leader character. So when they left them both together alone on the island with the rest of the people, but them alone, they, they realized they would work out and that they the people were going to like them together since James was going to be more soft now with us, James or La Fleur. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the transition they both make forgetting about Kate and Jack. Yeah, and I think you say that uh, she helped him and she did, but I think she, he also helped her a lot. I think mm-hmm. you know, this is the first relationship, the first romantic relationship that she has that is a healthy one. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever talked about right. this. But, you know, there's uh, her ex-husband, there's uh, Jack, there's... Ben Goodwin uh, and right, God, Goodwin. (laughs) I mean, not that Jack and Goodwin were like abusive or anything. It's just that Jack clearly was in love with someone else, and um, Goodwin was married, so (laughs) he never had this like (laughs) good relationship. She and also her parents broke up when she was. uh, They got divorced when she was very little, so she never had like this. She, I don't think she really knew what it was, what a relation, a healthy relationship looked like until she got with Sawyer. Right, and and you know, there's that part in which in the season five finale where she's like, "Well, if I never have you, then I never have to lose mm-hmm. you." And so she, you know, 
is she kind of has the same sort of feeling as, you know, Sawyer at the beginning of season six when he's like, I guess some people are just meant to be... Meant to be alone. Meant to be alone. Yeah. And um, I feel like that's kind of what she believes in that moment that like, even if I'm more sad without him, he'll be happier and so it'll be worth it. Mm -hmm. But he he thinks the opposite. Yeah. I... uh, I like that thought that um, that she helped Sawyer kind of become a better person. And I agree, Maria, that he also helped her. But one of the points that Evie has made and, and that we've made on this podcast is that, you know, Kate in the middle of this love triangle in which like Jack is kind of something to aspire to, like the type of man that society tells you that you should be, want to be with and should be attracted to. And yet, and then there's Sawyer who is like so much like her and they're more compatible and more like similar just as people. And so I love the idea that even though, you know, if, if they're both pieces of Kate that are kind of being pulled in two different directions and she chooses to be better instead of like sort of wallowing in, you know, the self-sabotage. Yeah, exactly. That Sawyer's kind of doing the same thing, even though it was like not really a choice for him because she left and he was alone or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like that he chose to sort of be with somebody who would make him a better person instead of yeah, like I like I said, um, sort of like sitting in being who he was. Yeah, and I, I think it also Lost did that too with Jack and Juliet because they, mm-hmm. you know, Sawyer and Kate are a lot alike and it didn't work. And then Jack and Juliet are a lot alike and it didn't yeah. work. Yeah. So they really went for the opposites attract thing. Yeah, exactly. And then like they each learn something from each other in, in both ships. They sort of learn something mm-hmm. from each other and are able to like grow into better people. And you know what? Like what else can you ask for your for your ship, you know? Yeah. Jack and Juliet on the flash sideways that yeah. you can see they don't work there also. Everyone has a different life. Oh, exactly. And they got divorced. <laughs> right. That's such a good point. Yeah, they got divorced, yet they're still very good yeah. friends. Right. Totally cordial <laughs> and very nice. Yeah, because I, I... If there's... I really... Do appreciate appreciate um, Jack and Juliet's friendship on the island, and the fact that they like kept that under flash sideways. It's, it was pretty cool. So we are not at all going to mention what happens at the end of season five about Juliet. So let's no. move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one of the uh, topics that we picked out to talk about was the history of Dharma. So we kind of uh, we talked about all of the different. Um, uh, And and we've also sort of spoken about the purge a little bit already as well. I think the Dharma, I mean, to me, the Dharma Initiative is one of the most interesting things about the whole show. Mm -hmm. I I won't say the most interesting, but to me, it's just fascinating. I think they could they could have done an entire spinoff based on the Dharma Initiative and I would have loved it. Yeah. And the main character would be Horus. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, no, just everything from the beginning, like how it started, the founders, the experiments, even if it's just like, not maybe not a spinoff, but like a mini web series thing. Sure. You know how they did the missing pieces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that about the Dorma Initiative. I feel like Alvar Hanso's name is thrown around so much in this show, but like ultimately <laughs> I don't have any real understanding of who Alvar Hanso is. You know what yeah, I mean? I yeah. You have to like read it and they say it on the podcast on their own podcast yeah. but it's nowhere on the show like they only mention him yeah exactly. and i love how all the pieces of dharma you were getting like the videos then they related to miles and 
and all that everything you got from the Dharma initiative even like the flame or the stuff it's all, it's all mentioned later again when you when they show you the Dharma initiative on the 1970s and mm. Ben's backstory on the Dharma initiative is like amazing I love that episode it's uh, you get to see another perspective on young Ben and on his father and on the Dharma initiative and they had schools and everything <laughs> so yeah it's it's really it's really amazing how they introduced everything and then try to make it fit into this storyline which is as Maria said like one of the best ones from the show right have you guys seen that video on youtube i think it was released on a maybe on a dvd box set thing i don't know but it's it's called the mysteries of the universe yeah. the dharma initiative yeah and have you seen it it's on the season five dvd box i i have it yeah okay I, I've seen all of the bonus features, so I'm sure that I have seen it, but I don't but I don't recall much about it. It's, it's like this thing. It takes place in um it's a documentary and it takes place in the world of Lost, but from the point of view of people that are outside of the island. So like normal people that don't know that the island exists. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's like yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's people like theorizing like uh, does the Dharma initiative exist? What is this? And it's like an, an entire documentary from the point of view of these people. Like, like it's like like a conspiracy yeah. theory thing. Mm-hmm. I think they like really interview cool. Olivia's, who's the teacher on the Dharma Initiative, like her sister yeah. or something. Yeah, and she's like, my sister took a job and now she's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that reminds me of like the one in in season four where they do like the Oceanic Six, a conspiracy mm-hmm. of lies. It's my favorite bonus yeah. video that anything has ever done. It's like an actual conspiracy theory documentary about like why Kate can't have had Aaron because or like it's so cool I love it oh they really did that they really put in that effort oh yeah shows don't do that anymore yeah but I love what you said about the man behind the curtain because like at that point you know we've heard so much about the Dharma Initiative we need answers and so you're watching the flashbacks and the man behind the curtain like two inches away from the screen because you're just like trying to get all the information that you possibly can get because it's your like first taste of it and so the concept of them like going back and not even just showing us a bunch of stuff in flashbacks but like them actually going back in time to answer all our questions about the dharma initiative who does that anymore (laughs) there's this yeah they wanted to do another ben-centric episode talking about annie like her story was like yeah oh yeah disappeared. yeah that that was that was a ball that was dropped for sure <laughs> yeah and they wanted to do another centric episode on season four but due to the i don't know what it was like the, the writers, writers strike. yeah the strike, the writer's strike yeah. yeah they couldn't do it and like annie's character which i resemble in real life a lot of people tell me that <laughs> and oh. and i and they just left her there like we don't know if she died in the purge or I'm guessing she died in the purge, right? Or if she's with the hostiles, or if she just like left. <laughs> I think that the like, if I were to guess, the only thing that like truly makes sense is that she died in the purge. But like, how would Ben, if Ben knew that the purge was happening, like, why didn't he like warn her mm-hmm. or something? Like, what happened right. to their relationship? Yeah. I right. think maybe she left with the submarine on season five when like Miles and Charlotte left. Maybe she left there. Oh, sure. That's a good thing. Okay, theory. yeah. Yeah, let, I mean, that that makes the yeah, most sense, I feel like. She's definitely around in the 70s when, when yeah. Sawyer and, and everyone else is there. So, like, where is she? <laughs> yeah, we just don't see her. You know? Maybe the, the actress outgrew the character so they couldn't die. Probably. Yeah. Like yeah. Her there. <laughs> Next topic. One of my favorite topics of all time. <laughs> 
this season, we get the introduction and downfall of Nikki and Paolo. <laughs> and just an incredible episode called Expose. The best episode. It's a fantastic, it's like Amazing. in my top 10 is how much I love Expose. No, same, same. Yeah, easy. The way that I kind of try to explain it is that like, is it a great episode when you're watching like week to week? I understand why people, if you're watching week to week, would be disappointed because you'd be like, I'm trying to get actual answers here and you're <laughs> messing with me. <laughs> uh, and now I have to wait like a whole nother week for for anything. But ultimately, when you look at it, like even just as a standalone episode, the writing is fantastic the like it's great uh, it's it's like so suspenseful the ending is insane and like the the use of the flashbacks to try and like do this sort of like whodunit mystery hello Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it has um a lot of foreshadowing to different things like that are gonna happen later in the episode that you don't i mean you have to watch it several times to catch them but they're there yeah right and like the reveal like when when you see nikki finally again say paralyzed Mm -hmm. you're like oh my god you get chills it's crazy yeah Mm -hmm. you're like how did i not know (laughs) (laughs) follow lies (laughs) we actually did a group watch yeah that was fun a group watch about this episode and maria was like shouting at us (laughs) like (laughs) the episode and facts and uh, i find it really amazing how they they got to put on the flashbacks at the same timeline. And you didn't even see Nikki and Paula because they weren't there actually when they recorded the, mm-hmm. the season two or season one. But but you see Kate, you see Shannon, you see even Boone. So well, that's fascinating the way they ours. did the whole thing, yeah. the crash. And Ethan too, which is, uh, mm-hmm. which he, he, he keeps yeah. like, acting like creepy. But <laughs> but yeah, he uh, they got to place them on the same moment. They, they looked at all the angles the episode were recorded to add the scenes later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they did a really good they job. Did so much. And then it's, 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 it's sad. And I just, I appreciate it. And then people didn't appreciate it at the time. <laughs> I know. That's what makes me sad. Like they did so much. And then just to get like bad feedback. I don't know. I feel so bad that Damon was like, yeah, I meant to make Stranger in the Strangeland bad. Ha ha, I know it's bad. Ha ha. And then he actually tried on Expose and people were like, this is bad. And he's like, aw, come on. It's a good episode. It's easily, I think it's my, like, out of all the episodes, the, like, my comfort episode from mm-hmm. the show. Because it's, it just, it has everything. It's fun. It's, li- I mean, it's not lighthearted. People do die. But we don't care that they die. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Razzle dazzle, hello? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It ha- I mean, and the death is one of the best deaths Insane. in the whole show. Crazy. And then, and it's like we can appreciate it because, again, we don't care about these people, right? <laughs> so it's so it's just so much fun. But you still get chills when she opens her eyes yes. at the end. Oh yeah. my gosh! It, it, I think that haunted me as a kid. <laughs> oh my god! And they have no idea that they just murdered them. Yeah. Oh yeah. They just like are like, here you go, and they just like keep dumping the sand, and they like pat it with the shovel at the end, and they just walk away. <laughs> and they never know. Hurley's a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I need to tweet that immediately. Okay, I'm gonna tweet that later. I mean Hurley, didn't he like run over like price with a van? So like we already know that Hurley Yeah. Oh that's true. But that's later. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we have our complaints about certain characters who leave and like don't come back and it makes no sense, which is like kind of too bad, you know, like Isabel and like Annie and everything. But like even though we, you know, Miles brings up Nikki and Paolo later and like, um, oh, yeah. 
you know, yeah. even though Ethan like comes back a lot, we also get like ours coming back here. Like ours mm-hmm. comes back a lot, especially in season six and everything and too. Don't we um, see the diamonds again? Or am I crazy? Yeah, Miles gets think? the diamonds on, final, uh, okay. on the Miles, finale. Miles. He has like them on mm-hmm. his hands. Yeah. He, yeah, because he does he like just talk about them or does he actually like dig them up and get them? No, he, he I... digs them up and he, there's a scene that he's just watching at them like, oh, these are mine. Now I'm a millionaire. <laughs> oh my God. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's. Because like... aren't they like scattered across their bodies? That's creepy, but yeah, he does. <laughs> They're not just in a little bag, are they? Oh my gosh. Why am I not? I don't remember that at all. I think it's. Uh, on... Miles, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on Dr. Linus the episode on the end oh, okay. that everyone is getting like their redemption and Ben is getting like getting better and then you see Miles like, with his diamond <laughs> oh okay that that's must so be funny it. yes okay. I don't know I really really love this episode I think also everything about them finding out them finding everything before anyone yeah like the hatch the plane right the pearl they're horrible people. They just don't say anything. <laughs> they keep their mouth. Right. They see Ben and Juliet. Well, yeah. uh, Paolo. Paolo sees them. He doesn't say anything. Right. And it's, I, he's like, he leaves the diamonds or the like little Russian nesting doll in the toilet. And then like, like episodes ago, he went to the bathroom and you were like, oh, yeah. he was just going to the bathroom. Haha, ha. Classic Paolo. Oh, it's so good. It's great <laughs> storytelling. It's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, could not appreciate it more. Truly. Well, you know that it's really good. Actually, it was only going to be Nikki, the the character. It was going to be about Expose, the show. That it was going to be mm-hmm. everything a flashback about Nikki, and then they were going to rebuild that it was her show that she was acting there. And they right. had to add Paolo because they thought that they were only going to include female characters since they include Juliet that season. So mm-hmm. they were like, okay, mm-hmm. we need to introduce a male character too. So Paolo was created on the road and he did a really good job. And and it's, uh, I mean, not likable because he has his attitudes that I don't really agree with, but mm-hmm. but he's a memorable character. You remember Paolo, that he's a yeah. chef and that he poisons that old man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He doesn't even get a last name, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I I I like that they went this way with the with mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah. Paula. I don't know if I would have liked it as much if it was just an expose episode. Yeah, yeah. I like they show the island like another point of view about the island and how it when they don't they didn't follow Jack they found out more things and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was perfect. Sorry, it is it ten perfect. out of ten. I don't know. Yeah. okay so the last topic that we want to talk about is just like the concept of season three like a lot of people disliked season three a lot of people like season three um what are your guys's thoughts where where would you rank season three like is it up there i would probably for me it's up there i really like season three but for a different way than I like season five, my top two seasons are season three and season five. Okay. Season five, because the season arc is so good. Like there are certain episodes like Lafleur and like um, uh, Jeremy Bentham that I'm like, those yeah. are like standout episodes for me. Or even 316, I really like, are like standout episodes. But ultimately the arc of the season is so like perfect. But for season three, there are like 10 plus episodes that I can pick out of season three that I like love those. And like, those are like in the top for me. And so that's why mm-hmm. I love season three is because there are so many iconic like standalone episodes in it. To me, I agree season five is pretty much perfect. Yeah. Um, but and season three season three used to be my favorite season mm-hmm. it was like my number one and then the more i rewatched, the lower it got <laughs> i have it in like sure. my fourth 
place. I, it's like in the middle. Like I, I still like it very much. It has things that I really enjoy, but then it also has things that I, I think they fail at. And I think it partially has to do with the fact that they, you know, this battle that they had with ABC and, and, and yeah. they, they didn't know where to go and what to do. And I think the first half, not the first half, but like the first six episodes, I think, um, they drag a little bit. And be- because sure. of, because of that, because of the the struggles that was happening, uh, off like behind the scenes, which I understand. It's definitely a little haphazard for sure. Yeah, yeah. and then I don't know. To me, it's a, it's a season that kind of ha- goes up and down. It has like really yeah. good moments and then really bad moments. And I think people, and I, well, well, I don't want to speak for everyone, but like this happened to me when season three was my favorite. It was because I I just thought of the finale. Hmm. Like right. to me, that's the best finale in in, in the entire show. It's insane. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. In my opinion as well. The last scene is... Like, not only... Oh, it's crazy. Like, not only Charlie, like, Charlie's story, but also the we have to go back. Like, that's just insane. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people think of that when they think of season three and kind of don't think of the season as a whole. I, I, I feel like the timeline... Not the timeline. Like, maybe the... How do I say this? The distribution of the episodes were kind of all over the place. Like we said at the beginning, we don't... Since they have... Uh, on the island, they have two stories going on, right? People on Hydra and people on the main island. Yeah. And they had to divide that. And sometimes, you know, we didn't see characters for a big chunk of time because of this. Yeah, if I didn't know ahead of time, then, uh, you know, you don't know for, like, two full episodes that, like, Locke and Echo and Charlie... Well, we know Charlie's alive, but, like, Locke, Echo, and Desmond could all be dead. And how mm. would I even... You're right, exactly. With Echo, yeah. you really don't know until like the ending of season the the episode three, Loki's trying to find him and yeah, I, I like season three. It's like third for me because I, I'm a huge fan of season four. I enjoy it a lot. Me, <laughs> I love season four as well. Yeah. And that's my second and it's like season three has these ups and downs you have really good episodes like the finale or the man behind the curtain or even the yes. the first episode but then you have i don't know stranger in a strange land or other episodes yeah. that feel like they're just there but it has iconic yeah. moments like with even on paravion with the sequel stuff and yeah. claire claire sark and their the reveal it flashes before your eyes yeah yeah that's my favorite episode of the whole show, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and Trisha Tanaka, like, Stranger Things yeah. is sandwiched in between Trisha Tanaka and Flashes Before Your Eyes, and that's insane to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the graph, like, the pie graph, or not the pie graph, but, like, the line graph of, like, what the what the quality of the episodes looks like is, like, super high. It's, like, two giant mountains. See, yeah. that's what I in mean. In between. That's what I yeah. mean. Yes, and I for think sure. You said something about, um, was it, what was it? Oh, yeah, when people are watching live, like, watching expose yeah. like yeah they were pissed and i think that happened in season three i think that it's the same thing that happened in season six with the candidate and then yeah. having was a c right after mm-hmm. yes yes so for I, sure I think, absolutely i think the show suffered from no like knowing where to place these episodes yeah and i think if they had placed certain episodes better in season three i i think i would have liked the order of events or like because there's a chunk okay in the man from Tallahassee, yeah. at the end, you have like this reveal that um, Locke's dad, Anthony Cooper, yeah. is on the island, and then we don't see them again for like five episodes. Right. So, like the brig, I think. Right. Like Locke doesn't. Oh right, yeah, you don't know. Show up again, and it's like you give me this cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and then I have to wait over a month. Right, and it's- that's what you get when you have like such a large ensemble show as well. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's it is a good season. I just I. Sometimes it surprises me when people say it's their favorite. Sure. 
I love uh, Cookie that you love season four because I really feel like season four is slept on a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Like, you know, they say, oh, it's the writer's strike season, so it's not as good. And I'm like, no, that's why it's amazing is because it's it was amazing. the writer's strike season and they still did that. No, I think season four is like so amazing. You have The Constant, which is just like my favorite mm-hmm. episode of all time. And mm-hmm. the finale is, I love the finale. Oh, the music, wow. everything, it's perfect. Yeah. You have really solid episodes in season yeah. four the shape of things to come oh my god cabin fever and the one um, about jin and san ji ji i never know how. oh yes yeah jian yeah and the plot twist you have on season four and and i i really like it and we get to meet the freighter people yeah mm-hmm. the science team oh i think also season four takes place in like two weeks like on, on the show yes it's exactly right like each each uh season before that took like a month each mm-hmm I think yeah, it's 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 a solid season. I think the weakest episode, for, well, for me, the weak and I hate saying it, but the weakest episode for me is the other woman. I oh think. yes, I oh, sure. said Juliet centric, which you know I love her to death, but I, that episode was a bit weak. But other than that, it's a very solid ep- season. I love how uh, Damon and Carlton were like. So before we start this finale, we tried to split up the Oceanic Six to all across the island so that you're like, how the heck mm-hmm. do these people get back together? And then they do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's amazing. It's really good. I think this episode, the the season four finale marks the the arc of of Sawyer. Like when he mm. he saves Aaron, he carries him all around the jungle and, and then he jumps. Yeah, and then he wants to to go and look for Hugo because he knows he's in danger because they were going to kill Ben and he was with Ben. So his first reaction is like, we have to go and get Hugo. And Jack is like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you don't get to die alone, he even says to Jack when he's yeah. like yeah. bleeding. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, you're right. And then he jumps out of the helicopter. Helicopter. Yeah. Oh, Sawyer. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> Like, you have no idea when you watch season one, you're like, this guy's terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but it's like, awesome. no, 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 wait. Hold on. Wait a second. I promise. Really, ha- his and Jin's development have to, yeah. they have to be the best. I was going to say Jin as well. Yeah, and I totally ben. agree. And Ben. Oh, and yeah, Ben. Yeah. yeah. Ben yeah. on season six, he really grows. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention Ben when you mentioned Dr. Linus. That's an amazing episode for him. And I do have to give like some sort of honorable mention to the character arc of Jack himself. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. So. Yeah. Also, Shannon. She has like a bit of arc. She didn't get the Shannon. time to develop. But yeah. yeah, God, I love Shannon. I do love, and I talked about this when I was on the on her episode on Abandoned for this podcast. And I just, she would have been so amazing if they had kept her the entire. I wish they had the entire show. Yeah. yeah, I stand by that. But I can see why they killed her off at that time. Like they wanted to show like the how conflict was going to be made between Ana Lucia and the mm-hmm. middle section yeah. survivors. Yeah. Uh, I just hate it was her, but I see why her death wasn't pointless. (laughs) Yeah, no, it wasn't pointless, at at least. Like, there are deaths. Well, I don't know if there's a death that has been pointless. Libby, maybe. Oh, Libby. Oh, sure. Yeah, Yeah, I I let that slide. Because with Anna, you could already, like, see what Michael's point was, but then he didn't have to take Libby to... Libby was only shock value, for sure. That still confuses me. Like, the... 
the whole thing was 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 it actually something that happened on set like behind the scenes like i why i don't know about that yeah i don't know because i know that michelle rodriguez she had it in her contract like she it was just yeah. one season and anna was out but yeah. i have i don't understand what happened libby I really there was like this problem that Michelle Rodriguez and Cynthia Watros they were arrested, and people yeah I heard about that yeah people really complained, but they also promised to give Libby an a storyline after like when she died I don't know if it was Damon or Carlton they said we're going to see more of Libby and we only saw her on one scene at the end yeah we're talking with Desmond and that was it oh well, we saw her in well we saw her in the flash sideways. But that didn't. Yes, and she was also like a nightmare of Michaels and Meet Kevin Johnson, yeah. who, which is also a fantastic episode in season four. Yes. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You How would they manage to bring uh, Michael back? It's a character that people, you know, d- at the time didn't really like. I don't think. Yeah. And then, but then they made this amazing episode. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then they said, "Hey, Friendly's gay," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> sure. That was, that was the actor's choice too. Yeah, finally. You know what? Thank you. <laughs> there are no gays at all. Yeah, that's... I that, think that's... there's a lot of subtext in a lot of different places, I must say. But yeah, that was wait. the only one that was textual. Other than, like, Hurley's brother's wife. Sister, is it? Yeah, or oh, something. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you check the episode ratings for season three, you get, like, really high scores on episodes and then, like, really low, which is the same thing we were talking about earlier, that you have mm-hmm. this really high points and i think my favorite thing of season three is the claire and jack reveal that they are brothers or half siblings oh my gosh oh that's next episode yeah yeah and i think that's the best thing about season three like you are starting to see how they were really connected you get a lot a lot of connections in that season like charlie meeting nadia too yeah. Saving Nadia. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's one. Isn't, isn't in season, which season is it that we see Locke and Nadia? I think it's two. I think it was last season. Yeah. Oh, season two. Yeah, it was it was him and Helen. Yeah, but there's there's still connections. Yeah. Yeah. I think now that you bring up the the IM, the ratings, I found it really interesting that they had the, not to be negative, but my, my, I think, like I said, my, the season that I would like rank, my like my least not that i don't like it but it, i would put it last is season two mm-hmm. yeah i agree yeah I'm but sure. it's the highest rated season mm-hmm. in imbd and i'm like okay that's a choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i think season two went for too long with the same topics that didn't happen on season four and five that they just moved really quickly every topic and on season two you got you got like stuck on a topic for a long time yeah i think season two is the only season that has a lull yeah it's like a, a what a, a lull like a three or four episode lull where you're like oh all right can we do something here what's going on yeah, they drag as, as much as i like the hatch they drag that story yeah, a lot yeah, like yeah. they drag yeah. but it is i think it is one of the best things about the, the season but as soon as ben comes in they're like we're running <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. we're back so yeah i don't know it's, this is not the season two roundtable so i'm not gonna <laughs> talk about that. yeah that's fair that's fair what are your guys's like thoughts on like for me my bottom two are two and six and i don't know which one's which so what makes six better than two for you for me it's the flash sideways mm-hmm. to me that saves season six yeah because i don't i don't know how much i care for like any hardly any of the art island storyline until we get to the finale of uh, season six to be honest yeah, the finale and the flash sideways to me is 
I just love the flash sideways a lot. Me too. There's so much you could do with that. I am still waiting for somebody to write a fan fiction <laughs> about Sawyer and Miles' buddy cop story. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? I want it, please. I remember you once told me to make an edit of them, and yes. I haven't forgotten. I have. That was like years ago. I still remember. I will do it. Thank you for not forgetting. I think there's I one really on Instagram. Um, I is think, there? Well, send yeah, it to me if you can find it. Yeah, if I, if I find it, I'll send you. I, I also love The Flash Sideways, but the last 10 episodes of season six, like starting when Desmond starts to see both storylines, I think oh, sure, yeah. those episodes are amazing. You have like Hurley and Livy too again. Yeah. And the episode what they died for is amazing and yeah the the closure and how jacob tells them you were all flawed and you were all like me i i think that that episode means so much to the characters arcs and everything also ben's development i think season six yeah dr linus Mwah! incredible yeah yeah i'm gonna be honest i don't even think season six is that bad like the only thing that i it's the temple stuff mm. this side it's the temple stuff it's i'm saying like, and claire you're co- totally right it's the temple stuff crazy claire <laughs> dogan and lennon like get those guys out of here who are you I and know. they ruined saeed and then also oh my i never i can never remember their names mm-hmm. and then cookie you're always asking for them in the in the dynamic <laughs> yeah game. I don't remember these people. <laughs> so like Dojen was like only there for like six episodes. Yeah. And they tried to make him important, but then they forgot about him. They killed him off and yeah. he was like, eh, gone. Right. And they kept being like, he's trying to poison you. He's not trying to poison you. He's trying to poison you. He's who's he trying to kill? Why is he trying to kill them? I'm like, oh, I'm finished with this. <laughs> yeah. I I think like Claire crazy Claire that thing yeah. it, it really bothers me that they did that to Claire but I love that she's alive <laughs> and right, it's crazy she's gone for all of season five yeah and and she was like introduced in such an amazing way because you think oh my god maybe it's like Rousseau is like mm-hmm. can she be yes. there or maybe it's or you think maybe Rose and Bernard or something and then no it's just Claire with her baby rock <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do like the parallel of Claire and Rizzo she, yeah. like she mm-hmm. basically Rizzo like they took her baby she went crazy and all that I don't know but I I, as, I understand what you're saying but also it gave her it was interesting like it gave her something to do yeah. with her yeah. story instead of just be like I'm worried about my baby like she always my says. baby right I mean she was still looking like she was still like they had, she had the fake baby yeah. but you know yeah, yeah but um, also Jack's story is amazing in season yes, six. Yes, you're right. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Lighthouse, yeah. Mm-hmm. There are good things about season six. And this one, I think it's the best thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. the flash side is this one. And I love that Kate, I love that the reason why Kate came back at all was just to find Claire. Claire, yeah. yes. Yeah, and that it wasn't about Jack. It wasn't about Sawyer. It was about Claire. And that, and then Absolutely. and then in the finale, the way that Kate and Claire remember is for each, is for each other. Hello? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, listen, season two. If I think that season two is the worst season of Lost, that means it's still better than any other season of any other show to me. You know, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, like we said, it has. It introduces Ben. It it introduces the Tailies, which I do love. The Tailies. I, I mean, my favorite episode of the, of the season is the other forty eight days. Agree. I, I think I, it's. I love it. My part. 
So yeah. I did like a ranking, like people had to vote for their favorite Lost episode and the other 48 days, Maria voted it like so many times and it was like, <laughs> what is this episode what? doing here? <laughs> one. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that was all me. Like some of those, <laughs> some of those ones that are just kind of like one-off things are so good because they're so different, like other 48 days and expose, like they're just, they're just different and that's why they're fun. That's why you like them. But I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. Or joining me, I guess. Uh, again, th th it was so much fun to talk to you guys. It's always so much fun. Yeah, thank you so much for, for having us. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. And we, we had a really nice time. Well, at least me. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. <laughs> um, so if you guys want to follow them, their information is going to be in the description. So that's Juliet's Burke, Sun's Quan, and me, um, Eloise Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> Eloise, is, Eloise is talking. Um, There's also Dance Faraday too on the fandom. Dance yes, Faraday, yes. And then you can follow me, yes, at Eloise is talking. <laughs> uh, you can also follow all of us at The Aficionados for all of the information on all of our other podcasts. Go and check them out. Our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. Um, and I think that's it. We did it. We did it. Yay. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Skeletor seems to like it. Bottoms up. <laughs>